When I found out I was gonna be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Friends, happy Easter week. I know that for most of you, for most all of us, this week looks entirely different than we would have imagined just a month ago. There's probably no Easter service to attend. There's no gatherings in your home for a meal. There's no celebrating of Good Friday. Everything just feels different. I know that, I get that, I feel that. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to remember is that you do not need the church building to be the church. I want us all to celebrate the hope that we have because of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection with your people this weekend, even if you can't go to your local church. Find time to celebrate with the people in your home. Find time to celebrate with people through the internet. Find time to celebrate on a walk all by yourself, just within the quietness of your own still heart with the Lord. Read God's word and thank him and believe him when he says, that he is still in control of our world. I hope that no matter where you are today or whatever's going on in your world, when you happen to listen to this, my number one hope is that you will continue to be blessed by our show. I hope we can bring a smile to your face. I hope you can feel encouraged, inspired, and pointed to Jesus. On today's show, my friend Melanie Shankle joins us to talk about The Bright Side, which is the name of her newest book that released this year, but also just, I think we need a little bit of a bright side right now in the midst of an uncertain time. Melanie and I talk about our current world with the coronavirus. We share a little humor with having our kids home from school, navigating parenting teenagers, and how our feelings are not where we set our eyes for truth, but we stop and reflect on God's presence. Friends, I have a Bible study that I'm releasing next Monday, the Monday after Easter. The Bible study is called Your Story Matters. And I am beyond giddy to connect with all of you that are joining us. So many of you have already bought the study and I know that so many of you will between now and Monday. Here's what I also know is that right now, all of us, myself included, we're all craving some connection to the outside world. We had no idea when we planned on launching this Bible study the Monday after Easter that we would be in the middle of isolation. But here's what is so cool about God is that he always knew what would be going on when this Bible study called Your Story Matters launched into the world. The cool thing about this study as well is that it's all through video and PDF download, which means that this study is for all of us and all of us can have access to it. You can buy the study right now for pre-order for only $19. And when the study launches on April 13th, next Monday, you can start 
in your home, and then you can create online meetups within your Bible study with your girlfriends, with your sister, with your mom, whoever you want to do this study with. This is a six-week small group video teaching series. Your Story Matters is the practical conversation and teachings that will guide each of us to share our stories within our community. I believe that stories have the power to change the world. I believe that we need each other to join together, to laugh, to learn, to share, and be inspired. Go to Jamie Ivy. Com. Click on the button that says pre-order your story matters. What you're going to get on April 13th is you're going to get six teaching videos. You're going to get PDFs to download. You're going to get invited to a private Facebook group, which whenever you order, you'll get invited to come into that and we can chat there. Also, when you pre-order, you're going to receive a bonus video, which is how do you share your story with your spouse, which is one of the number one questions I have gotten since I released my book, If You Only Knew. I cannot wait for you to join me through this teaching series. I'll be joining you through the teaching series in the private Facebook group. I'll be talking about it on Instagram. But my number one hope for you is that you will gather friends to do this together. And you will see that when we see our stories through the lens of the gospel, they have a lot more meaning. Get your girlfriends, get your cousins, your sister, your neighbors, set up a time to join with us as we share our stories through the lens of the gospel and change the world one person at a time. Go to jamieivy.com, click on the pre-order your story matters button, and I cannot wait to go through this with you. Okay, here is my conversation with my friend, Melanie. Melanie, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, I'm so happy to be here. I should say welcome back to the happy hour because this is technically, if we're going to get technical, this is your fourth time to be on the happy hour. Wow, fourth time. I know. So I wrote it down. Uh, First of all, you were here. The last time you were on like a for real, for real happy hour was April of 2015. Oh man, that's been a long time. I mean- a lot has happened in I five lo- years. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Say that? What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, a lot has happened in three days. So here we yeah. are. <laughs> um, and then you were on in June of 2016 when I did the happy half hours for yes. a short minute. And then you did the holiday gift guide with me in 2017. And then here we are in 2020. And here we are in 2020. And it looks exactly like we all thought it would. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So let me just let everyone know, because I don't often tell people when we're recording, because we get pretty far ahead here at the happy hour. And that just Uh makes everyone's life easier. But we're recording uh, Monday. Don't know what day it is. Let's see. What's today? The 20 something of March, the 23rd. Okay. That's good to know. We need to know that we're smack dab in the middle of Corona. Right in the middle. Today was our first official day to try to school online. I don't know what your kids are doing. So here you and I are chatting. I don't know what my children are doing either. (laughs) No, no. I looked and the light was on in Caroline's room. So I assume that means that she was up doing something, but she has art first period. And I was like, I don't know how you do virtual art. So I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Did your school send you like, here's what you need to do? They sent us, so they sent us a schedule. So the way, so she's in high school, so she's a junior. And so the way they do it is on Mondays and Thursdays, they're doing like first, third, fifth, and seventh period, like at nine, 11, one, and three. But they said they wouldn't be two hour sessions. It would just be like, that's the teachers have to get on live with them twice a week. And then they'll get Google classroom assignments in addition to that, I guess. Okay. What about y'all? Last week was our spring break. And so today, okay. Monday and Tuesday, our teachers are meeting and then okay. we get something on Wednesday. Um, but sure enough, I did make my kids a schedule. The hard thing for me, <laughs> I, my oldest is 
16. He's a sophomore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my youngest is in sixth grade. We just need different things. Yes. Like, yes. She needs a schedule. I need to tell her what to do every minute of the day if I'm not there. And Caden looked at me after I handed out the schedule and was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what like, are you doing? Outside time. <laughs> He's yeah. like, Mom, really? <laughs> like, just, just chill. Go along with what I'm saying. Yes. We'll, we'll talk later. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what kind of school they're going to have, but... I don't know. I don't know. I was appreciative that I felt like the, ours came with a lot of messaging of we need to give each other a lot of grace. Nobody's ever done this before. It sounds like there's not going to be a big emphasis on grades necessarily, um, which I appreciate because, yeah. and and this is a weird thing, but it's like for Caroline, this is the spring of her junior year. So like these it's grades, yeah. it's a big deal, you know, and like they've canceled a lot of the ACTs and SATs. And um, so that comes with its own set of kind of complications. It's so crazy. And we'll just have to, I mean, here's another thing, Melanie, I read your book over the weekend and then I sat down in my office this morning. And if people don't know, a lot of times when authors write books and they send out press books, they come with a list of questions for Mm -hmm. potential interviewers to ask. I hold those super loosely at my show, but I looked over them and the very first question on your list, your book came out in February, mind you. Okay. It did. The very first question on the list says, it seems like the world has gone crazy. And I was like, <laughs> little did they know, her, her yeah. sweet publishing team, how crazy the world would feel when we sat down to record on March 23rd. I mean, I have laughed so hard because you know how with book publishing, there's so much thought that goes into, because I wrote that on the bright side and turned it in probably a year ago, April. So April, 2019, I wrote it and called it on the bright side. And we were like, this will be perfect because it'll come out in spring, the year of the presidential elections. And everybody's going to need to remember that we can all love each other, even if we don't vote the same and whatever. No, I didn't think, let's have a book called on the bright side that's going to come out during a global pandemic. I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, I'm thankful for it though. I mean, we can giggle (laughs) about it, but isn't it really great? I mean, I enjoyed reading it and getting away from the news and stuff this weekend. So I think it's great, Melody, but I'm (laughs) laughing at the first question of the world feels crazy because it does. We had no idea. How has your home really been in the midst of this crazy world. You know, it's funny because my husband has teased me because my life really doesn't look that different. I'm an introvert. I stay home. You know, I keep seeing that quarantine meme that's like when you realize your real life doesn't look much different than quarantine. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I already live on Amazon Prime and grocery delivery and all that stuff. I think for me, the hardest thing has been that they're around all the time. Like having people in the house, like I'm used to having my quiet time and I don't have that anymore. I think for Perry, my husband, he has a landscape business. And so thankfully he's still able to, because they're outside. So he can go kind of do some stuff that's normal for him. Um, And then he helps with a family ranch down South. And so he can still go there and be socially distanced. Um, I think it's hardest on Caroline and I think it comes and goes, but I think for the teenagers and, you know, my best friend has a son who's a senior in high school. And I think, Little kids, I get that they're stir crazy, but you can get them out in the street and they can run and play and and all that stuff. But I think for the teens, it's such a loss of their social life, which is teenagers, you know, having teens. I mean, it's such a huge part of their identity and who they are. And, you know, Caroline, even last night kind of had a meltdown and she was like, for all that I always say that I hate school. She was like, I wish I were going back to school tomorrow. She's like, I'm not going to see anybody. You know, it's just not the same. And so I think it's a really weird new normal right now. And so I feel like for me, I just keep reassuring her. I'm like, at some point, we're going to get back to the way it was. But you also think you can't get this time back, which is so weird, you know, especially for these kids that are at the end of their high school career, you know? Yeah. I've seen a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, making the most of it. And, you know, 
I always, when I've been talking about this week, I always keep thinking there are plenty of people who are losing their jobs. This is like life or death, not death, Mm -hmm. but dying of financial income for a lot of people. And there are a lot of people who they're still going to work every day because they are doctors and nurses and essential people and the people Mm -hmm. at the grocery store. I'm so thankful for them. But I have thought about that. I'll tell you this. Last week was our spring break, which Mm -hmm. was a joke. I mean, it just felt so crazy. We were supposed to go to San Antonio. Uh, We live in Austin and I do not know why we always end up in San Antonio. We love the food. It's so close. (laughs) We just use our Marriott points and our kids think we're going on vacation. That's so funny. See, we went to Austin for our spring break. So I guess that's what we do. We just just visit each other's towns. We just visit each other's towns. It's so funny. I mean, literally we're so close. If Aaron needed to run home because we forgot something. He could totally go to our house and mm-hmm. our kids wouldn't even know he was gone. But we just stayed home. I think the, the weirdest thing for me was it just felt so different than what we thought. And yeah. I think that is what, I don't know about you, but mine has been like this kind of loss of expectations. Like, yes, this was not supposed to look this way. And I'm having, I'm learning. Well, I already knew this. I did not learn this about myself. It's being exposed a lot more of how much I like to know how things are going to go. Yes. I've said that so many times to friends where I'm like, it's, they could just give us an end date and say, even if it's May 1st, if they could say by May 1st, but it's the not knowing to me makes it so much harder. It has been hard, but it's a crazy world and we're going to look on the bright side. We are. We are. You know, I say in the book that every time I write a book, God absolutely tests me on whatever the title of that book is because it's so true. Like every time that I was like, Lord, I mean, this, this little much, like (laughs) feels like a lot. Okay. So tell me, let's go back on your book. Well, for Church of Small Things, like when I was in the middle of writing it, like at the time, what started that book was I was really thinking about my grandmother and how she had this huge impact and this big legacy, even though she never even had her driver's license. She lived within like a, you know, two blocks of all of her siblings, but just how much she left a legacy of love and faith and all of that to her family. And it was just about God using you right where you are and all the little small pieces of your life. And then we called it Church of the Small Things. And in the time I was writing that book, number one, I felt like my life got smaller than ever where I was really having to dial in to just, okay, what I do every day is important. Like this is the biggest stuff because I really felt like at that point, God was calling me to step back from taking a lot of speaking engagements and traveling and all of that. So I was like, okay, so my life is going to be right here. And then he also called Perry and I during that time to start a small worship service to like literally start a church of small things in our neighborhood that we did for three years and we're not doing anymore. But all of that happened during that time. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Like I didn't, I called it Church of Small Things because I thought that was a clever name. So I always say my next book is going to be called like How to Live on $10 million on the (laughs) coast of Italy, you know, or something like that. Like how to travel around Europe in style. Like test me on that, God. I'll go do that. And then friendship, I just felt like that was a time And it was kind of the history of friendship, but it just felt like a lot of my friendships were changing a lot for different reasons. I mean, my friend Jen, um, who ultimately passed away, was sick with terminal cancer at the time. And we were just in a different stage of life. Now it's funny because we've all really come back together, but that was just that stage of life where our kids were all so busy, like they were all elementary and junior high kids. And it just, I felt really distant from my friends. And it's weird to think I was writing this book about how much my friends meant to me, but I thought I've never felt less connected to them during that time. You know, I think that's interesting about friendship because I remember reading your book and I remember when your friend Jen was going through cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that, and you even talk about in the very first, I don't know if it's the first chapter or the opening of this new book of yours on the bright side, you talk about girlfriends. And yeah. 
I did cry when you talked about <laughs> the last time you saw your friend Jen. This whole season of crazy time with girlfriends, I think that's one thing I was not prepared for as an adult woman is I yeah. thought that friendships were sometimes hard as a teen, college, young person. I didn't mm-hmm. realize how difficult they could potentially be as an adult, mm-hmm. not as in like mean girl stuff, but as no. in time yeah. and like location and proximity and kids on the same schedule. I think that's one thing that was the most surprising to me as an adult woman. I agree. I think it's a weird, and it's funny because I feel like now I'm on the other side of that. So I would say that to encourage people that are feeling that way in that season. Like, I think there's this time because like my group, and I talk about them in the first chapter of the book, like there was a group of us that all started meeting when our kids were babies and toddlers once a month. And it was so easy because you'd put everybody to bed at 6.30 or 7 and then go meet your friends. But then as that transition to school and their soccer practices and homework and all of that chaos, it felt like for years, we always had the best of intentions, but it's just, it's hard to make that time and not feel like it's taken away from your kids and your family. And and it's hard to find the balance of that. And it's funny because I've even noticed, like I have a group of girls from high school where we had all kind of stayed in touch over the years, you know, just on and off and through Facebook or whatever. But now we're all like texting and like, well, before all this happened, we were like, let's all get together. Like, let's plan a weekend away or whatever. And I was like, we haven't all been together in 20 years, but we're all at that stage now where our kids are leaving home and we just have time again. It's so crazy. And I always say this too, this is like, my advice to mamas with young kids, I always say this is this is maybe TMI. It's not TMI. We can do whatever we want. I, I own the show. I can say whatever Seriously. I want. Seriously. But I always say, listen, when your kids are younger and you think it's difficult to have sex because you're tired, there will be a day when your kids never go to bed. Yeah. And they're that's up true. all the time and they want to hang out and they want to watch movies and you want to hang out with your kids. Like I'm two years away. You're one year away from our oldest leaving. If he has to watch a movie with Aaron at night, it's always a yes. And so then yes. I'm like, when do we ever have sex? Because this kid is always awake and he always wants to hang out with us. So I know. I young moms, I'm like, I know you're tired, but your kid went to bed at seven. Yeah. You get yourself together and you go have sex with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. You've got time. But then a weird thing happens because like with Caroline, which, you know, she's our only, so it's different for us, but like she's gone all the time. I mean, before this happened, it's like once she got her driver's license, it was like, bye. And so, you know, Perry and I would laugh because we'd sit down at dinner at night and he'd be like, so what else is going on? And I'm like, that's everything. Like, you know, everything. We've had nothing but time to talk. It's like, it almost goes back to your dating days where you're like, we've had infinite amount of time for conversations, which is so weird because it switches so fast. That's what I hear. Caden is 16, but he hasn't gotten his driver's license yet, which is the weirdest phenomenon because when we were younger, oh, I at 15, like a, a hardship, I was gone. Mm-hmm. I know. These days, especially with boys, I hear. I don't know. It is. And I can't figure that out. Caroline was one, probably because I pushed her a little bit, but she, I mean, the day she turned 16, she went and got her license and all of that. But she has so many friends that are like, they're 17 and they just still haven't gotten their license yet. And I'm like, I don't understand. I could not wait for that freedom. I could not wait either. either. Um, Speaking of Caroline being this age, we both have teenagers. Uh, How are you feeling about college? You know, it's funny because I go back and forth because I think I've been, you know, there are times where I get really sad when I think about her leaving home because I think it's interesting. You know, for me, it's like I wanted all I ever wanted was to be a mom. And it's weird to think that she's a year away from moving out of our house. But then I'm also, I see so much. I really do think something shifts after they get their driver's license where I see so much independence in her. And I almost think this quarantine has kind of showed me in a way where it's like, she's meant to be out with her own kind. Like she is not, she's 
she needs to grow and flourish and bloom. And so I think it helps that she really wants to go to A&M, which is where I went to school, to Texas A&M, which is only about two and a half hours away. So I'm consoling myself with, I get to spend a lot of time in my favorite place because I'll drive down just to have lunch with her, which I'll probably show up and she'll be like, yeah, I don't want to have lunch with you today, but whatever. (laughs) I'll still be there. I'm in town. So I really try to focus on, and as I've watched so many friends go through it, I really... I want to be excited and I want to be excited about what's ahead instead of kind of mourning the loss of what was. So that's the mindset I try to stay in. Now, will I be there when it's actually time? I don't know, but that's what I keep. That's my self-talk. Okay, yes. I'm going to read something from your book about parenting a teenager, okay? Okay. Because uh, this made me laugh so hard. Uh, you you were talking about... So your friend Golly was teaching at a Christian school and they heard someone say a sad story and a happy story and a mad story as he talked about Jesus' betrayal. Mm-hmm. You said... This is also a good description for being the mom of the teenager because it's almost constant combination of feeling sad one minute, happy the next, and mad a minute later when you realize they lied and when they said their room was clean. Story of my life, by the yes. way. <laughs> it also looks a lot like being a combo Uber driver ATM machine who dispenses cash at will. Stay tuned for my TED Talk on raising a teenager entitled, I don't know what time it starts or where I'm going or who's going to be there. And I'm annoyed you're so concerned over minor details. And please quit saying that's lit. <laughs> I was like... Oh my gosh, this is the story of raising teenagers. They're like, I don't know what time it starts. I don't know who's going to be there. Why do you care? Yeah, because I just, I want to go. I want to go. And I would ask her, I would be like, okay, I need some detail. I need to know. This is important. I need to know. But she would be like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, here's my thing. That's fine. But you're not leaving this house until I know at least half of these details. Like, So funny. We would remember doing the exact same thing. Oh, Absolutely. Nothing changes in life. No, it doesn't. It's the same story over and over again. Same story, the same story. Okay, so with Caroline getting older, what do you think, if you were to look back on, what is she, 17? 16. Um, She's still 16 16 right now, yeah. If you were to look back on the past 16 years, what has been your favorite part of parenting your daughter? Oh, man. God, there's so... I mean, I feel like there's so many things. I think for me, I just... I love who she is. Like, I really just... She's somewhere between Perry and me. So I feel like she's got his common sense and his logic and his drive. Um, so I love seeing that. It's so interesting for me to see that. She's so much better than I am about not caring what people think. And she's so much stronger than I was as a girl her age. So I love seeing that in her. And I think to me, the most fulfilling thing is, is like when you have these toddlers and, you know, when she was four, I was like, is she always going to be a sociopath? Because it kind of seems like it, you know, they're just so terrible. And you do all this, the timeout and the teaching and the, you need to say, yes, ma'am. And you need to say, please. And you need to be kind to your friends. And then to get to see the evolution of all those things coming together to me is the best part of being a parent. Like when you see your kid do something where you're like, oh man, like they, they, she was listening like she acted like she wasn't listening but she was and I feel like that is the most rewarding part and just seeing them and I think I say this in the book where it's like it's so interesting where you're like just as they become these like wonderful delightful people that you love the same books and the movies and the tv shows and all that stuff and you're like well now it's time for him to leave and that doesn't really seem fair I know they have to leave (laughs) you know it's funny because I see the same thing and I have this progression with having um four Mm -hmm. is that I I look at the other three and I'm like, are you ever going to get it? And then I'm like, oh, Caden's getting some things. And so yeah. it's like, oh, we just need to keep doing it because mm-hmm. eventually it comes around and they go, oh, okay. Like they things click in their head and they get Yeah, it, it pays it, off. It does pay off. It's so great. Okay. Can we talk about marriage? Sure. How long have you and Perry been married? 
We have been married 22 and a half years. I'll give us our half because every half counts. counts. Did y'all do something big for 20? No, we don't do anything big for anything. This is Perry Shankle's anniversary theory when we talk about anniversaries. He's like, I knew when I married you that it was forever. So why do we need to celebrate every year that it's been another year? That's it. So I married romance, clearly, is what I'm saying. Hilarious. (laughs) Okay. So marriage, I am, you know, in this little quarantine Corona, I have spent way too much time on my phone. I mean, one day I was like, I need to hide it. I need to lose Mm -hmm. it because I just want it too much. But uh, do you know who Jamie Nato is? Oh, I love Jamie Nato. She makes me laugh so hard. She makes me laugh so hard. She had this little thing on her Instagram the other day and it said this. It said, those for all of you whose weddings were canceled during the lockdown, God has given you a second chance to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So hard. Because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. So many weddings are canceled. And now you can think like, is this actually who? Yeah. Okay. So here's my thing. You talk about marriage in here and you, it it was really, really good. But I want to tell you this and tell me if you think I'm off here. So a little backstory is I was engaged before I married Aaron, not to Aaron, to someone else. Called it off. Best decision ever, right? Aaron, I've been Mm -hmm. married 18 years, 18 and like three quarters. So I'll see. That That counts. That counts. (laughs) It counts. But this is what I do, Melanie. If I go to your wedding, I will sneak back into the bride room and I will look at her and I will say, you don't have to do this. I'll take you out if you want to leave. The first time I ever did it, my friend looked at me and she was like, get out of here right now. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> what is like, wrong with you? I know, which it does sound a little crazy, but my whole thing was like, you don't have to. Like if you have yeah. any kind of inclination inside of you that's like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm your girl. Like I will take you out. Yep. Um, and so you kind of talk in here about like, here's some things you got to like think about before you get married. If you're seeing some red flags, listen to them. Yeah. So, Let's give advice okay. to anyone that's listening that is in a relationship or thinking about getting married. Okay. I'm, I'm throwing stuff off the wall. You go first. No. I think if, if there's anything that bugs you about them now, you need to know that that's going to be amplified like 5 million times when you actually marry them. So make sure it's something. And not only is it going to be something that annoys you about them, chances are good that at least half of your kids are going to have that same <laughs> thing. So just know that whoever you marry is also who you may give birth to. So you better be really sure that it's something you can live with. Oh my gosh, Melanie, we were on a walk yesterday because that's all we're doing these days is walking around Mm -hmm. our neighborhood like 17 times a day. Yeah. And I was trying to tell something to Kate and my oldest, my only biological. So this is what you're Mm -hmm. saying. This is the only one that Aaron and I made. And he did something and I went, oh my God, you're just like your dad. (laughs) And it was like... He got annoyed with me over something. And the way he spoke to me, I kind of turned around and went, oh my gosh, you're just yeah. like your dad. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so true. Okay. So anything that annoys you, it's going to amplify. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. For sure. I think this, and you talk about this in your book too. Like I think about like character issues. I think mm-hmm. this is what happens when we're young and in love, right? We're like, he'll change. The Lord yeah. will change him. I'll change him. All the things. Mm-mm. Some of those might actually, like the Lord might change him, right? Yeah. But don't marry him until you see if the (laughs) Lord changes him. That's what I'm going to say. Let the The Lord Lord do his work. work. And And then then, raise him and then marry him. Yes. Did you watch the last season of The Bachelor? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Okay. I don't watch it, but I just, okay. The drama, so I live through other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But isn't that yeah. what happened? Yes, it is. And it's, that's whole thing. That's the whole thing is you can't change who somebody fundamentally is like God ultimately can do that. But that's, you know, I tell Caroline that now I'm like, you've got to be so careful who you date because you can fall in love with somebody who doesn't share your character and your integrity and your faith and all that stuff. I mean, those things are not exclusive to who you're going to fall in love with. But the worst thing is, is when you fall in love with that person, if you date them and fall in love with them and y'all don't have those things in common, that becomes a big problem. I mean, that's a, that's just a heartache waiting to happen. So, you know, it is. And I thought Madison on The Bachelor was darling. I thought she was so cute and I hope she finds a great guy. But I kept thinking, I don't know that you should have gone on The Bachelor in the first place hoping to find your husband if these are all your values, because I just, I think there's a, about a hundred percent chance that whoever is the bachelor is not going to line up with those same values. So true. So true. Uh, but I have said before, and I'm a 42 year old woman, I've missed the cutoff and been married for 18 and three quarter years is that I go on the bachelor just to get to the top 10, like a free yeah, I hope. where are we going to go? For sure. I mean, I don't yeah. want an alone date. I only want to be on group dates. That's <laughs> like, it. Go make some new girlfriends, some girls to hang out with, travel around, do whatever. Although this year, I think one of them, and I didn't start watching it till later in the game, but I think one of their trips was to like Cleveland. And I thought, how upset would you be if you went on The Bachelor? In Ohio? <laughs> yes. And they're like, we're going to Cleveland. And you're like, okay. I was hoping for Tahiti, but Cleveland <laughs> is the same. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Um, If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I just had a random question pop into my head and I can only ask you this, Melanie, because you what? said Cleveland. Isn't that where Johnny Manziel went when he first got out of college? It is. Yeah. He's he's Cleveland Browns. That's my random question. No, he's not. It's sad. I think he tried to play in the XFL for a while. I don't know that he's doing anything good right now. I think he's sitting around not doing any. Well, he's like the rest of us. He's, he's sitting like around at his house doing nothing. I, he's quarantined. He's uh, eating. He won the Heisman. He did. Yeah. He won the Heisman. It's interesting. Vince Young won the Heisman. Yes. Yeah. He's not playing football and didn't no. really excel. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's interesting because, but see, but I think it goes back to, I have this whole thing of that if you raise these great athletes, but you don't raise them with some character and there's not a faith base, I think it's really hard to reach those levels of fame and to be able to sustain your character and who you are anyway. And so if you didn't have a lot of that to begin with, I think it becomes really hard because I think you become so famous and you have all these people that kind of jump on your bandwagon who may not be the best influences and it's a whole thing. So it is a whole thing. I don't know. And I think when you look at there's different ones, like you think like a Joe Burrow from LSU this year, like he appears to be pretty grounded and he works hard and you know, I, I know. I me too, because I really liked watching him play this year. Me too. Me too. Okay, so we kind of went off in tangent. We're going to get back to marriage, but we did. We're quarantined. Have you <laughs> thought at all like what is going to happen to college football? I can't. I really can't think about it. Like, <laughs> if it doesn't, like I have laughed because I've seen different memes that say like if you told the South that college football might be canceled, they would all be in their house. Like we. <laughs> that's how you get. That's how you get everybody to quarantine. I'm going to be so sad. I felt like I already had deep mourning for losing March Madness. And then I love college baseball. It's like my favorite time of year just to go sit at the ballpark. And we had already had plans in April to go to A&M and watch games and do the whole thing. And I'm like, I can't. It makes me so sad that it's all been canceled. I feel like college football will be a bridge too far. I'm like, surely, Lord, you can heal our land before then. Surely you can. You can heal our land before (laughs) Called they, I mean, they already had to cancel spring train, spring football. So we're going to see everybody come out like, yeah, this is all you got. You haven't even yeah. worked out. Um, it's so crazy. It is so crazy. I did see yesterday, I told my kids, re-airing all old Super Bowls on ESPN. So we okay. all turned on ESPN just to get some football in our house on a Sunday. Yeah. That would have been very nostalgic and very fun. So great. Okay, marriage. Yes. I think we have we have sidetracked. But do you think my advice is too harsh, Melanie? 
I don't. I think that because I'm same as you, I had an engagement before Perry that I called off. I didn't off. know that. Is I it did. It is. I touch about I briefly in the book. Um, and I think I talk about it more in the Antelope in the Living Room, which is my book that's all okay. just oh, about yeah, marriage. Forever ago. Yeah. But um, I know that's been a long time ago. But I just think there's so many things. And my parents kind of gave me the same gift where my dad was like, you can get out of this. I don't care that we already have a deposit on whatever, like get out if you want. Yeah. And I just think that's it is I think marriages. And I think the other thing about marriage and you and Aaron have been married long enough that you know this. I mean, how different are y'all now than you were 18 years ago when you got married? We're like completely different people. Totally different people. I mean, yeah. that's, I think of that all the time too, where I'm like, you also have to make sure that you genuinely like that person and enjoy being with them because we've grown up. So like we got married, we were 26 when we got married, which of course I thought we were so old. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought I'm the last, you know, yeah. spinster in America at 26, which now I look back and go, I could have been 15 years later and I wouldn't have been old. But yeah. we've changed so much. I mean, just life has taken us so many places and we've gone through so much. And it's like at the core of that, I'm so glad that because Perry and I really were like best friends for like six months before we ever started dating. And I'm like, that was the greatest gift God gave to me because we really had that foundation of friendship, which has served us so well during the hard times. Because at the end of the day, even when I'm like, I cannot stand looking at you, like the way you chew your food and you just left half that paper towel on the counter and I'm so annoyed and I need you to quit giving me many lectures about how I could do everything better. But he makes me laugh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, and I still, he's the person I want to tell my news to and talk to. And I just think that you've got to be so clear headed going into it. I feel like. I think, you know, we're also, you and I are both at the age where some of our friends are getting divorced. Yes. And I was telling Aaron just recently, I was like, some of the common things I see in friends that are getting divorced, and you just kind of mentioned it, is that we've changed since we got married. You yeah. said you and Perry have changed since you got married. Mm-hmm. I think everyone changes. We can't expect to be the same people we were when we were 22 years old. Yeah. Um, or 30 even. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. like different than I was 10 years ago and 12 years ago. And so, but I think what I've seen is my friends that have kind of gone through difficult times is they changed, but they weren't like changing together and they weren't like gracious with each other's changing. Does that make sense? Yes. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense because I think, and you and Aaron are probably the same. Like when Perry married me, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep, um, you know, and I was all this. And then I transitioned into, you know, I'll probably end up being a writer and a speaker. I mean, that wasn't even on the radar. And Perry was in ministry when we got married and then he started his own business. And and then I think kids change you so much, like the way you parent um, and, and all of those things. And I think it can be so easy. And I feel like that's one of the things that I've been so glad. And Perry and I, do not get me wrong, we have had bad years of marriage. I mean, we have had you know, years where I've like, I don't know how we're going to get through this other than the grace of God. And because we're just both so dang stubborn and we're going to hold on to it for all we have. But I think on the other side of that, I'm glad that we always came back together because now when I'm looking right down the barrel of Caroline leaving home, it's like, okay, the kids really do. And I know this is hard if you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a six-year-old at home, but those kids are going to leave and it happens faster than you think. And it's like, you've got to make your marriage a priority. And I know that that can feel so draining, but you're going to look up and that's going to be the relationship that's really left. Yeah. And, and so it's just, and, it, and it's worth it, but you have to fight for it. I don't think it comes easy. It's so true. And I agree with everything you're saying is like, we just have to, it's it's worth fighting for. One of the reasons you mentioned it in the beginning of our conversation that you wrote this book was we're going to be in an election year, which we are happy. Yeah. Maybe like who knows what's happening. Maybe. Yeah. I <laughs> can't even say what's happening right now. Cause who no. knows? 
which I also have speculated that our kids are not going back to school this year. I've heard that speculated by a lot of people, which is crazy. Yeah. And I so sad think that. for yeah. you know, not only the baseball players that aren't playing, but graduations and all kinds of things. But you you wrote this book thinking, okay, it's 2020. It's an election year. We're going to need something on the bright side because it's very divided. One of the things that you actually talk about is like, how do we be friends, civil, mm-hmm. have conversations with people who think differently than us? Let's talk about that. How are how is that for you and how why do you see the importance in that? To me, because I have so many friends, at least I hope I do. I still think they're my friends that we don't necessarily agree on everything politically or socially or even theologically at times. But to me, it's like, I don't want to sacrifice a relationship because I do think, and I think in this time of this quarantine and everything else, it kind of prioritizes what's the most important, where it's your relationships and the people in your life and the people that you care about. And I don't want to dismiss somebody or have somebody exit my life just because we didn't vote for the same person or just because we don't agree on every single part. Because when I think it comes down to it, I've wondered sometimes with all of this happening and there've been so much divisiveness, I feel like even, and maybe especially within the church where I'm like, we're all Christians, we're all supposed to love each other. It's still a mystery to me of how can we have so many different thoughts, but all love the same Jesus. Like that's a, I just don't get it because, and I think I questioned myself and and it's good because I think when you have those opposing things in your head, it makes you question your own thoughts. It's made me dig deeper. Like, why do I believe what I believe? And where does this say this in the Bible? And what scripturally do I believe? And all that stuff. But I also think that when we get to heaven, is Jesus going to say, y'all missed the whole dadgum point, like you were all supposed to love each other. And and that was the most important thing. And that all these little minutia things that we're arguing about weren't the most important part. It was that we love each other, that we love our neighbor, that we love God. And I think it becomes easier when we do that in real life. To me, it's interesting that we've all gone online now to communicate because I can, there are people that can make me so mad on Twitter or whatever. But then if I sit down and have a cup of coffee with them, I'm like, oh, but I like them so much, you know, like, <laughs> right. It's and the it's, real person. It is. It's the real person. And I think when you reduce somebody to 140 flat characters that you can't hear their intonation and you can't see their heart, which is why I never, you will never one time see me put out a political tweet or any kind of controversial thing, because I just believe that there are conversations that are better to have face to face. Because at the end of the day, you may not agree with me and I may not agree with you, but at least we see the humanity in each other instead of just casting you as a villain because, you know, what an idiot you possibly see it that way, you know? I always have to remind, and I don't play on Twitter ever. Like mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'll look at it. Yeah, uh, it's accessible. Get mad. Like yeah. literally, I just come downstairs. And I'm like, Aaron, have you seen this? And he's like, No, yeah. I don't go play there. I'm like, Yeah, okay, I don't even remind. Okay, I don't play there. Um, but I have to remind myself sometimes that Twitter's actually not the real world. Like there are a yeah. lot of arguments that I say on Twitter about things in the church or women mm-hmm. in ministry or whatever. And I look around at my like friends in my real life, and they're not a part of those arguments. Yeah, even know they're happening. I'm like, Exactly. Okay, this is why I need to have real life conversations. But you made a point. I think this is so interesting is in times of like crisis or let's say someone dies or something like that. It's when everyone kind of lays down their swords mm-hmm. and like, oh, we're all in this together. I feel like that's happening a little bit right now. Like, yeah oh, we're all, there's a pandemic happening. Let's lay down our swords for a little bit and just see people as humans. And so maybe that's a good thing right now. I do. I think it's kind of good because we are, I mean, it is interesting that you're like, what could have happened that worldwide, like I have to keep reminding myself because I think your viewpoint gets where I'm like, this isn't just happening in San Antonio. This is happening 
all over the world. This is people's reality right now. And I'm like, what else could have happened that would cause the whole world to shut down the way it shut down? And I did tell Perry last night, I was looking on Instagram and I said, I will tell you the internet has never been funnier than they are during a pandemic. I mean, like... I'm thankful for the funny. I'm like, I need some more funny in my life. (laughs) We need it so bad because I think it's that whole thing. If you don't laugh, you're going to go crazy. And so... But I'm like the memes and the songs. And I mean, Neil Diamond came out and did a recording of like Sweet Caroline, where it was like oh. about washing your hands. And I, like, this is the gift to all of us right now. This is what we all need. The meme that still makes me laugh is the one that's like about the teeth. I'm going to be the teacher where the two kids get sent to the principal's office and I get fired <laughs> for drinking on the job. Yes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes, I've laughed so hard at so many of them. And then another one, I saw one and it was somebody was like, good luck getting me fired, kids. I sleep with the principal. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then there's all of our friends that actually homeschool for real. And they're like just laughing at us because we're yeah. stressed out, sweating. What am I supposed to do? And they're like, we do this every day. This is our yeah. norm. I'm like, please come teach me your ways. I cannot handle this. No. Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. so crazy. It's so crazy. But I do. I think that this is causing a lot of people to kind of stop and think and reflect and, yeah. and reach out. And it might not be the worst thing. That may, might be like a silver lining from all of this, you know, that we see coming. Yeah, I do think there are. I mean, and I think you see families. I mean, you know, it's funny because Perry and I have lived on this corner. We've lived in the same house since we were newlyweds and it's a corner house. And it's funny because we we've seen people, he's like, I've seen people on walks that I have never seen the entire time that we've lived here. You know, like all of a sudden people are out and about and they're with their families and all of that. And so I'm like, there are things that I hope we take when it's over that it's okay to kind of scale down and to simplify. And, you know, you just wonder if it's not going to help our mental health. You know, Caroline came in the other night and she was like, did you see that like in Venice, like in the canals, like the water has cleared up and the swans are back and they can see fish and then like all this different stuff. And I said, here's the thing about the way God works. I said, he's not going to have something like this happen and not use it for some good. I said, there will be good that comes out of it. And I said, things like that, that he heals the earth and that he heals us and just things that we needed. So that's kind of my prayer in the whole thing. And also that it ends sooner rather than later. Those are my two prayers. College football starts. Yes. Don't mess with us. Do not um, mess with my college football. That's exactly right. I saw Annie Downs put up the other day. You know, she's been in like legit quarantine. Yeah. But she just talked about how her schedule has changed so much and wondering, will this carry on? Like for all of us, uh-huh. like I think about, will we have more card games at night instead of yeah. whatever, you know? And it just feels like we could change some things and it'd be good. And God is saying, hey, look what I'm doing. Like you said, healing the earth is happening. Yeah. Okay, one thing I know about you, Melanie, is that you are stylish. Like your glasses, I can't stop looking at them. They're so (laughs) Amazon, Jamie. Amazon is for the win for everything. It is. It is. For the win. Now, you told me in the book that I could get the perfect white t-shirt at Amazon. Do you actually have one that you've gotten from Amazon? I do. I like the Daily Ritual brand at Amazon. Uh I feel like it's a winner across the board. Like if you need like athleisure, which don't we all right now? I mean, if you need like good joggers, if you need like a good soft t-shirt dress, Uh if you need a good white t-shirt, Daily, Daily ritual. ritual. He's on today for the first time in a week. So this is, and, well, and they were a little tight because the one oh, thing we're doing is eating. 
eating a lot. Well, and I was so impressed because we're on video and I can see you right now. Yeah. Like when you had on earrings, I was like, oh, Jamie's got her earrings on. I'm still in my pajamas. I've got my glasses. I still have my sleep wrinkle on my forehead. I was like, I did not bring my A game today. I told myself yesterday, I'm getting up, I'm getting dressed. I'm going like to work. Like I'm uh-huh. getting in my office. And Good so for I you. have no idea what the kids are doing. I gave them a <laughs> schedule. And honestly, the schedule makes me happy. Don't uh-huh. tell them. They don't do a thing. I don't care. Just yeah. act like you did. That's exactly that's another thing teenagers need to learn. Just act like you did it. Yes. That's we say my best friend and I say all the time, we're like, just stay off my radar. All I'm asking is for you to stay off my radar. Like <laughs> just, just if so many things would like all the time. Our youngest is in sixth grade. My boys would look at her and be like, just stop. Like you're digging your hole. Yes. They double sign. They're like, she's digging her hole. Yes. I was like, just stop right there. And no one's mad. But now yeah. I'm furious. Yeah. Now I have to do something. Now yes. you pushed it too far and I have to do something. Oh my gosh. So that's how I am. I'm like, just when I come over, just be like, mom, I did math. I'll be like, awesome. I don't even need to ask what it was. Just mm-hmm. tell me you did. I don't need you yeah. to lie. But, you know, just do a little bit of something. That's it. Oh my gosh. It is. That's yeah. it. Okay. So I'm going to get my Amazon t-shirt today. Because Are they yeah. shipping clothes right now? Or maybe I should I, throw in medical supplies with it. I don't know. It's interesting because I noticed. So last night people were saying, because I know now my book, if you order from Amazon, like most grown up books are not showing shipping until like April 21st. Yeah. So I don't know if a t-shirt falls under, but maybe you could tell them you're using it for toilet paper. You're going to cut it up. It's but squares. There, like I'm using <laughs> but let me tell you something about Jamie Ivy is we're not at a loss for toilet paper because I told Aaron the other day, I said, how happy are you right now that you have a wife that hoards? And I just mm. always, I'll be on Amazon getting like, I don't know, something for work. Be like, oh, let's get some toilet paper. I don't know. Maybe we need some. There's six people here. Yeah. We have toilet paper coming out of our ears and I've never bought it from the grocery store. So Good for you. I am prepared with the toilet paper. You are. You're like a Proverbs 31 woman of toilet paper. (laughs) Well done. Well done. The only reason that we have any toilet paper is really because of Perry's personality about three weeks before this all got serious. Like, I think it was the end of February. And he said, he told me, he said, you need to start stocking up because this thing's going to be a thing. And I, there's things like that that he says all the time. And I was like, okay, you know, like that whole, like, sure. All right. But I thought to make him happy, I'm just going to start bringing toilet paper. I've never been so glad that he see this because I mean, we would have been stuck. We would have had half a roll. That would have been all we would have had had it been up to me. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. I just wish I would have gotten my daughter's stories hair done before all this because oh. if you're a black woman, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about because we're going to come out of this pandemic looking like we've been in a pandemic. <laughs> is all I gotta say. So, and I tried so hard texting people to see if they'll come to my house. I'm like, just come. Like, we'll wash our hands. And they're like, no. Yeah. no. So, oh. so anyhow, we're going to make it. Okay. So I'm going to get my white t-shirt and then we're going to be good. Yeah. And you'll I'm, be good. That's all you need. Okay, Melanie. I always ask people what they're loving and what they're reading. I'm loving. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 
this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Puzzles right now because that saves my life. Um, I am loving, what else am I loving? Oh, I'm doing Aaron Moon's Lent study through Ecclesiastes and I love it. It's so good. And it's one of those where it's like, this is so timely for what is happening right now. It's it's crazy to me, like how God did that with so many things where you're like, he, and it, I mean, I don't know why that surprises me, but it's like, oh, he knew this was coming, you know, like he saw this, this didn't catch him by surprise. Don't you love and then, Aaron Moon? oh my gosh, I think Erin Moon is the most delightful. She's such a great writer. She's so funny. Yeah. I just, I just love her. I love her to I pieces. Yeah. Um, and so that's the other thing I'm loving. I'm trying to think there's so much um, that I'm loving right now, just in you terms of being home. That you're loving? Okay. I'm loving, here's what I'm going to tell you is the, the biggest lifesaver for me right now. And I had stocked up on them and I'm continuing to is American Eagle of all places makes the best oversized sweatshirts, like oversized oh. hoodies and oversized sweatshirts. There's never been a time that we've needed oversized hoodies and sweatshirts more. And I think they currently have 40% off with free shipping and free returns. So you can get them for like $23. Oh. They're so soft. They're the greatest thing. They come in all kinds of colors, a camo print, all the stuff. I'm just saying. I've been to an American Eagle since I was in a junior in high school, but I'm going to head back. Yeah, it's listen, it's it's been my lifesaver for my soft, comfy clothes around the house because the quality is good and the price is right. I have a friend, I cannot think of who it is, that swears that she still buys only their jeans all the time. And I can't. They have great jeans. No, they really do. Now I don't but Caroline wears their jeans and loves them. They're they really have good jeans. They have good stretch, the whole thing. So Hey, revisit American Eagle if you I, haven't I'm been there. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the mall. We can't go to the mall. Well, we can't mall, go to the mall. We can go online. Uh, are you reading anything right now? I. What am I reading right now? I am reading Maybe I Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb is what I just started. And it is a, she's a therapist and it's about her having to go to therapy. Um, oh. And it's just super funny. A lot of people had recommended it. And so I had bought it actually before the quarantine and I hadn't had time to read it. Now I'm reading it, but I do like it so far. Are you um, a book book reader or are you an ebook reader? I'm a book book reader if I have the choice. Like I prefer to have a book book, but I think now this is probably going to turn me into a little bit of an ebook reader yeah. because I'm going to want more books than probably what I can get shipped. And it's yeah. not like I can go. Now I will say I saw that Barnes and Noble is doing curbside pickup. So oh, you can. Nice. Yeah. So, and I know our local bookstore here is offering the Twig, is offering uh, drive through, like if you call ahead they'll deliver it to you curbside. So nice. you can we get books. books. I, know. I know. I thought it was so funny because I was so excited. And you know, as a writer, it was such a big deal to me when on the bright side, they were like, it's going to be in Target stores because it was my first book of all my books to be in Target stores. And I was like, this is so huge. Like, I'm so excited. And now the irony is nobody can really go to Target stores. 
but will it be there when we can? Because that is a big deal. I, I mean, if Target still exists, I mean, when it's all over, surely Target will stay in business. If, so. Target, if, we, leave Tar- if we lose Target in college football, like it, we don't even know what we're going to do. I can't even at that point just come back, Lord Jesus. I don't live anymore. <laughs> that's, Caroline said the other day, she goes, Mom, she goes, I was looking on Instagram and now they're saying there may be like an asteroid that's going to hit the earth like mid-April. And I said, look, by mid-April, I may be in the front yard just being like, all right, <laughs> God, it's, it's been a good one. Thanks a lot. I'm ready. Take me. Aaron and I had the conversation the other day, like, okay, did you ever watch Walking Dead? No. You know, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. We had the conversation and we're like, okay, what if, and this is so dumb, but just go, like, (laughs) what if this turns into like a zombie, a cop, uh, whatever. (laughs) And uh, Aaron's like, I'll fight. I'm like, not me. I'll stand (laughs) out in the front yard and be like, eat me now. Because I have, he said, you wouldn't fight. And I was like, no, no fight is in me. I'm like, take Mm -mm. me home. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I know what I just posted this on my Instagram today because it made me laugh. But somebody said, Is Kenny Rogers going out in the middle of this apocalypse is the most know when to fold them move of all times? <laughs> and I'm like, Me and Kenny, I'd be like, I know when to fold them. I'm Take done. I'm done, Jesus. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. Melanie, it's always fun to have you on here. You have your new book out. If anyone can ever get back to a store, <laughs> it's called On the Bright Side, or you can order on Amazon and it'll show up in April. That'll be like the best treat you ever had. Yeah. Um, on the Bright Side, I highly recommend it. Stories about friendship, love, and being true to yourself, which is so needed right now in 2020 with where we are. Um, also, I have to mention, which I forgot to mention, is you also had a kid's book come out. Yeah. So there's a new kid's book and it's called Piper and Mabel and it's about the dogs. If you go to my Instagram, actually, I'm assuming we're still going to all be under quarantine, but there, I did a reading with Miss Anastasia, who's a storyteller here in town. And so there's a permanent link on my Instagram profile of a reading of Piper and Mabel, which is like super hilarious and fun. So if you're home with your kids, just know you can go there and have a little story time for your kids that'll last about, it'll occupy about 20 minutes of your day. (laughs) There you go. Just put them in front of the TV and say, here it is. Yeah, there you go. Um, Melanie, thanks for being uh, literally a bright voice uh, in our lives. And I appreciate you as an author and a friend and a voice and all the things. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. This was fun this morning. I needed I needed the social interaction. This has been me great. Too. Me too. <laughs> You're like the only person I've talked to all weekend. <laughs> I know. Me too. You're the first person outside of my family. So it's like this. People will be like, "Why was that podcast three hours long?" So <laughs> we just were just chatting up, like, "What's yeah. making breakfast?" Like, "Tell yeah. me what you're doing." What's happening? Yeah, How I, are know, you? I know. Uh, no, um, I always love being. You make it so fun. So I love being with you. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my friend Melanie as much as I did. We're a few weeks into this new normal that nobody knows how to do with the corona pandemic. And I hope that our conversation today brought a smile to you and also helped you remember that God is present and he is working things for your good and his glory. I'm so thankful that God gave Melanie the passion to write this book and release these words in this specific time. She would have never known what was ahead of her, and she never would have known how deeply we all would need to remember the bright side of things. You can order The Bright Side on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you get books, or visit jamieivy.com for specific links for ordering. Friends, today's show is edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, Beth McCord joins me on the show. Beth is everyone's favorite Enneagram coach, and she was a delight to sit down with. We chatted way before COVID-19 happened in our world. 
Beth is also going to be joining me on our After the Show, which is a special show that we do for our Patreon friends on April 21st to talk all about how each personality type might be responding to our current global circumstances. I know that you're going to enjoy our conversation next week, and I hope you will check out our invitation to see what Patreon After the Show is all about. For more information, check out jamieivy.com and find the show notes for today's show. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a virtual happy hour with a friend. I will see you back here next week with my friend, Beth McCord.